This is Examine Sport, a podcast of the sports ethicist. I'm your host, Sean Klein. Each episode of Examine Sport focuses on an argument or concept in the philosophy of sport literature. We look at classic, discipline-defining articles, exciting, newly published works, and dig deep for important but not as well-known papers. You can subscribe, comment, and find an archive of all the shows, along with links and related information at sportsethicist.com. Now, in the previous episode, I looked at Bernard Suits's foundational paper, What is a Game?, in which he presents his definition of game playing. In today's episode, I examine Suits's The Elements of Sport, where he extends his definition of game playing to sport. The Element of Sport was originally published in 1973 in a collection of essays edited by Robert Ousterhout. It has since been widely anthologized into many textbooks. Now, the first half of the essay is very close to the analysis in What is a Game, with two key differences. First, Suits introduces some key terminology that has become part of the lexicon of the philosophy of sport. Second, Suits makes a subtle change to part of his definition of game playing. And it's in the second half of the essay in which he extends his analysis to sport. Now, as I said, Suits presents his definition of game playing in the first half of the essay and is quite close to what is in to what is in what is the game. Now, here it's more streamlined and a more direct presentation than his methodology in the previous article. Now, since the what is a game episode discussed much of this, I'm going to move through this quickly, primarily noting the new te- terminology that he uses. Now, Suits says there are four elements of playing a game: goals, means, rules, and the losery attitude. Now, if you recall from What is a Game, Suits identifies three goals, but the two goals he's prominently concerned with are what he calls the pre-losery and the losery goal. So let's take a look at this, <clears throat> this new term, losery. Now, Suits gets these terms from the Latin, ludus. Now, the Latin word has several related meanings. It can mean fun, play, school, uh, right? Uh, um, and it's also the same root that gives us the English word ludicrous. But the relevant meaning of ludus here is game. And Suits adapts this word into the uh, adjective form, losery, which means something like of a game or of playing a game. So the losery goal is the goal of those playing the game. That is the goal of winning, whatever winning the game might constitute. The pre-losery goal is the goal that in some sense exists prior to or independently of playing the game. It is, quote, a specific achievable state of affairs, end quote, such as crossing the finish line first or saving Pauline from Donkey Kong. In some sense, if you remember from the previous episode, right, it's the achievement of the prelusory goal according to certain means and rules that allows one to achieve the losery goal of winning. So the prelusory goal provides the necessary condition of the losery goal winning and the basis Uh, for the limiting conditions in the means and rules. So let's take a look at those. The losery means are the means permitted to players for achieving the pre-losery goal. These, uh, or there are many ways to achieve the state of affairs in a pre-losery goal, right? Many ways to be the first to cross the finish line, for example. But in order to have a game of it, some of these ways have to be restricted, or conversely, only a subset of these ways are going to be permitted. 
the permitted ways are the losery means, the means permitted to the players. So for example, you can't use your hands in soccer. The rules limit that possible means. So on to the rules. The constitutive rules are the rules that define the specific game, that constitute the game, the size of the field, the kind of ball, the length of the goal, and so on. The constitutive rules, Suits says, quote, place obstacles in the path leading to a pre-losery goal, end quote. So part of what makes an activity aimed at achieving the pre-losery goal a game is that the easiest, most direct means to achieving the goal are not permitted. If you could just pick up the soccer ball, run it down the field into the goal, that's a whole lot easier than whatever Lionel Messi is doing. For soccer, those kinds of means, picking up the ball and running it down the field, are restricted. The losery means require a more challenging approach, and this, along with the other elements, is part of what makes the activity a game. Now the last element, the one that ties the goal, the means, and rules together to, uh, to form the game, is the losery attitude. This is the attitude of the player of the game. He or she must accept the rules of the game that limit the means and do so for the sake of making the game possible. In other kinds of activities, there are limits uh, to acceptable means for achieving certain ends. So, for example, a merchant doesn't lie to her customers because of a commitment to honesty and a recognition of the importance of a good reputation in business. This kind of limitation is different from the ones we accept in a game. The honest merchant accepts the limitation because of these external commitments, not just in order to engage in trade. The game player, however, accepts the limitations just in order to make a game possible. And it's this acceptance of the rules in this way uh, that, su is, that suits means by the losery attitude. Now, I haven't yet uh, discussed the subtle change in, in definition. For that, let's take a look at the definition from what is a game. So in what is a game, <coughs> Suits defines game playing in the following way. To play a game is to engage in an inactivity directed toward bringing about a specific state of affairs using only means permitted by specific rules, where the means permitted by the rules are more limited in scope than would be in the absence of the rules, and where the sole reason for accepting such limitation is to make possible such activity. So that's the definition from what is a game. Now let's look at the definition from uh, uh, elements of, of sport defin uh, that he offers. And there he says, to play a game is to attempt to achieve a specific state of affairs, pre-losery goal, using only means permitted by the rules, losery means, where the rules prohibit use of more efficient in favor of less efficient means, the constitutive rules, and where such rules are accepted just because they make possible such activity the losery attitude. Now the difference that I think is worth noting here is, is the way Suits talks about the way the rules limit the means. In what is a game, he says that the means are more limited in scope than they would be absent the rules. That is, the means available are a smaller set of means than what would be available outside of the game or the rules. For a game to exist, some kind of means have to be prohibited. Now, in the later definition in Elements, Suits changes this idea uh, <clears throat> to the idea that the rules limit the available means by a measure of, uh, of some kind of, of efficiency. The most efficient or the more efficient means are prohibited. Now, this change might not amount to much, but it is something to think about. 
are they identical or similar formulations? Are they getting at the same idea, or is, or is there more substantive change here? Must the rules limit the means according to some measure of relative efficiency? Does this narrow the definition too much, possibly excluding some kind of games where efficiency isn't relevant or really can't be, be seen? You know, is it really a matter of less efficiency that a knight in chess moves two by three squares instead of two by two squares? Now, my point here is to draw attention to this issue and not to argue uh, for the earlier formulation or for the later formulation, though you probably guess I, I, I'm somewhat critical of this later uh, formulation in terms of, of efficiency. <clears throat> now, let us turn uh, then to the extension of Suits's analysis of game playing to sport. So Suits wants to show that sports are games, although he doesn't want to claim that sports are species within the genus game. Now this might sound confused at first. If sports are a type of game, then wouldn't it be a species of game? But his point is that what makes a game a sport is not sufficient to mark it as all that different from other non-sport games. He says of these differences that they are, quote, more peripheral more arbitrary, and more contingent than are the differences required to define a species, end quote. Now, Suits might be putting too fine a point on the genus-species relation here, but his claim is that sport and non-sport games are not that different, and the difference is too loose in a way to mark a clear differentiation between these kinds of games. So for a game to be a sport, there are four elements that have to be present. It's a game of skill. The skill is physical. There is a wide following for the activity, and that that following is stable. Now, the first two elements are probably pretty obvious uh, and rather uncontroversial. I mean, there might be questions about the nature of a skill, how much physicality, what's the role of the physical skill, and so on. But in general, those, those are pretty uncontroversial. So I want to focus on the latter two, which I think are, are more problematic. Now, Suits introduces the idea of a sport as a game with a wide following, with the example of Sweatbead, which he gets from Kierkegaard. Now, this is a rather bizarre game where Suits tries to get his dean or some other high-ranking official at his university to drop a bead of sweat off his nose during a meeting with him. Now, Suits argue this argues that this fails to be a sport because it's a game only he plays. It is, quote, private and too personal, end quote. <clears throat> so it can't qualify as, as a sport. Now, curiously, he leaves open the possibility that if Sweppy developed a wide following, it could be considered a sport. Now, leaving aside the apparent lack of physical skill involved in this example, uh, Suits' claim is that having a wide following is a necessary condition of a game being a sport. Now, moreover, this uh, popularity has to be stable. By stability, Suits means the development and sustenance of the institutions and structures that surround typical examples of sport, things like trainers, coaches, leagues, and such. Now, he ends this section with a rather telling quotation. Quote, Not all sports, of course, require all of these ancillary functions in order to be accepted as sports, but at least some of them will be associated to some degree with every game worthy to be called sport. Notice, Suits speaks of acceptance as sports and games worthy to be called a sport. Now, sport is something that a game needs to be worthy of. And so in this way, Suits is offering a normative account of sport rather than a descriptive de definition. 
For him, it seems sport is not a distinct category of activities, but just those physical games that are good enough to garner a stable, uh, wide following. Now, in Suits' defense, one can find usage of this sort. One of the things people look for when deciding if some new activity like CrossFit or e-games or esports is a sport is if the activity uh, has a lot of popularity and if there's if there are stable supporting institutions for that activity. Nevertheless, I think it's an unsatisfactory approach. Take the following scenario as a counter to Suits' description. Some pundits fear that baseball is dying. The median age of the fans are getting older and older, at the same time that the overall audience for baseball nationally seems to be shrinking. So let's imagine that in 50 years, the professional teams, the leagues like Major League Baseball and so on, have all gone bankrupt and no longer exist due to the lack of audience. And it's no longer really played at the collegiate level or youth level. Uh, <clears throat> so then we, we might ask, would those few dozen settlers on the, on the moon base that we'll have in 50 years, who st so these few dozen who still happen to play baseball, would they be playing a sport? It seems really bizarre to say that they are not. And yet, by Suits' definition, it would seem that they are not. They wouldn't have a wide following. There wouldn't be this stability in institutions surrounding it. Now, I think this explains why these aspects of Suits' uh, account of sport are not as commonly picked up on or developed by later thinkers, as is the case with his account of, of games. Now, Suits closes... Uh, this essay with an interesting discussion of the relationship between games, sport, and work. And some of these ideas get picked up in his later work, which we'll discuss in future episodes. Thank you for listening to Examine Sport. You can subscribe, comment, and find an archive of all the shows, along with the links and related information at sportsethicist.com. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or email the show sportsethicist at gmail.com.